Hey everyone, welcome to Hello Church. I'm Justin Trapp. And I'm Wade Bearden, and we're going to be talking about discipleship today on this yep. episode, particularly how to disciple leaders in your church. And, and first, I, I do have a funny story because we talked about discipling congregation members every day, especially during COVID. That was an episode, I don't know, we released about a year ago. Yep. And we accidentally put a typo and it said <laughs> how to <laughs> discipline your congregation every day. I mean, day. some of the congregations need that. Yeah. Bless <laughs> God. Amen. <laughs> I, I, I hope we have a typo here where it's yeah. how to discipline leaders in the church. Man. Um, but no, that's not, the t- that's not the topic. It's disciple today. Disciple. And, you know, discipleship is, is uh, interesting, right? I think in order for there to have measured progress, you have mm. to be intentional. And so today yeah. we want to share some tips on how you can be intentional, so, some things that you can put in place that, that sort of encourage and foster uh, someone growing in their relationship with, mm-hmm. with Christ uh, intentionally, uh, measurably, so that when you look back a year from now, six months from now, you can see that growth uh, throughout their life. Yeah, and you know, sanctification and discipleship, I, I think oftentimes we view them on a chart, and it's like point A and point B, and it's the straight line. When re- in reality, sanctification sure. and discipleship is like, but we should we should observe a an upward trend, right, over the long yeah. haul. That we're constantly becoming more like Jesus. We're ex- when we ex- embrace His grace and understand His grace, it's gonna it's gonna change uh, aspects of our behavior. And so that's that's kind of what we're thinking through here. And Justin, I think the first step is really kind of understanding your goals. And I like what you mentioned about being intentional. I feel like when it comes to discipleship, as you're working with your leaders, there are some leaders who say, well, discipleship for me is just kind of hanging out with that person and talking with them, and it's kind of a casual deal. And other people uh, think of discipleship, well, it's got to be formal. We're meeting four days a week or two days a week or one day a week and we're talking about this book and we're going through this and i think the tips here uh, and this would probably be the first one is that it you probably need a little bit of both you need to be a part of someone's life but you also mm-hmm. need to be intentional because if you're not careful your friendships will kind of become superficial where you don't really talk about things that are deep uh, and instead all the conversations are about sports or this or that and what i love about strong relationships is you have this opportunity to really say hey we're gonna have we're gonna have deep conversations and part of what we're going to be talking about here is is to really look at intentionality but also say yeah just be a part of each other's lives so there's there's both aspects that i think you need to really hone into here yep so if we're answering the question how do you disciple leaders in your church what does that look like uh, we'll start with this. First of all, you got to de- define your goals, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to define your discipleship goals before you start leading people. Define where you're trying to lead them, and a few things that you can make a list real quick is, you, and you can ask them this, right? What what would need to change in your life? What needs to change in your life? Well, what would their lives look like six months from now? Like ideal? I have them mm. specify that. Uh, and then what character traits would they like to have? Maybe there's an area in their life uh, that they'd like to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would they like to work on? And so you, you kind of start there, define some of those goals, 
and, and then from there, you know, wait, I think this is sort of the ma- most natural or expected traditional response, mm-hmm. but do Bible studies together. Yeah. Yeah. Work through God's word. And you're going to find too, when, when you start talking about goals and start getting to know people say, you know, what's kind of going on in your life and you begin to identify those pressure points, you're going to figure out that each discipleship plan looks different. Yeah. yeah. And so it might be that for some people you say, oh, you really need to uh, grow in your application of God's word, but you, you need to know God's word in a deeper way. And then others you say, man, you know a lot about God's word, but you need to learn how to apply that. So that's going to change really kind of your perspective and even some of these Bible studies. There was this platform many years ago and I'm so sad that it went under or it just didn't work out, but it was called Monvi. Do you remember Monvi? M-O-N-V-E-E. Monvi was basically like what you said. So they said, Hey, people are wired differently, right? Mm -hmm. People express themselves differently. People grow differently. And so it did this whole personality profile assessment and then it did uh, like a spiritual assessment mm-hmm. and it showed me like for me, like I feel uh, like I'm able to express myself and feel closest to God in a worship environment or just listening to worship music. And it mm-hmm. sort of identified that in my That's assessment and said, if you really want to grow, you need to d- spend a little bit more time in God's word. Uh, don't forsake like the, the areas where you naturally gravitate towards yeah. just based on you, your, your wiring, so to speak, because that's great. Right. But uh, if there's an area of like uh, sort of spiritual weakness or uh, uh, a method, so to speak, mm-hmm. you spend more time in God's word. Uh, and I thought it was just a, a fascinating platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no longer available. So Monvi, uh, OGs, where y'all at? Bring it back. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's so powerful because you might need to go through the book of James or maybe you say, no, you know, we're going to go through an in-depth study of Mark and we're going to read through commentaries mm-hmm. or we're going to do a, a book that's based on a Bible book. Whatever it is, uh, you start to think through that. So I personally like it. I have a group that I'm a part of, just me and two other guys, where we take a book and we just read through it Every it depends on the length of the book. We might be in a book for two months, three months, uh, but we just read a chapter or two every week, and then we get together and we talk about it. And that in person or like online, remote. okay, online, yeah. yeah. And that just it's it's like a launching pad to not just the content in that book, but just just the topics that naturally spring forth, and mm-hmm. it's just super powerful. So, kind of identify where you want to go uh, with that, and then think through other discipleship tools. So it could be a book of the Bible. It could be a Bible study book, a devotional book. It might be that you just do an online Bible reading plan. So think through kind of the groundwork of where you want to go, where you want to, what you want to do and, and and move forward from there. So you have like he reads truth, she reads truth, Mm -hmm. they read truth. A lot of a lot of reading truth, right? The uh, truth is important. Yes, yes. it is. Uh, <laughs> they have lots of uh, Bible reading plans. Of course, you version our friends that dwell. They have Bible listening plans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's all different sort of ways, right? To to spend time in God's Word, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be reading, meditating, listening. Another another thing on the list, Wade, is for you to meet regularly. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and and a co- you know, 2020 was a little bit of a of an anomaly, yeah. So to speak, yeah. for the century, for the century, 
I've said worse. Uh, but, you know, meeting regularly is important. I think it's, it's healthy. It's good. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can spend one-on-one time uh, with your leaders or coaches. You can spend time uh, as a group. Um, you can share the highs and the lows, of course. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things I like to do um, is just emphasizing prayer, praying together or, or praying for one another Yeah. Um, uh, as a part of your meeting regularly in person. Yeah, and when I was a youth pastor, I used to meet regularly with another youth pastor in the area. And it's fascinating because you would think, okay, in that environment, a lot of your conversation would revolve around how to be a better youth pastor. But what I found is we just wanted to talk about our personal lives and our personal walk with Christ because that was so important to us because we were pouring out to everyone, it seemed like, and we needed— Mm -hmm. We needed each other, and we would meet regularly. Face-to-face was always great, and we would meet over food. There's a lot of different things that you could do. You know, you could uh, meet and go running, and each of you listen to a Bible passage with something like dwell while you're running and then talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. But just that that regular, consistent meeting, it, it's just important. And I would encourage pastors to put it on your calendar. It's hard because— when so. you're thinking about being a pastor, it's like, you know, you're preaching on Sundays and doing this, this, but so much of ministry happens in the face-to-face. I mean, it really does. And so finding a way to put that in your calendar and then encourage your leaders yeah. to put those meetings in their calendar as well. But yeah, that's that's really important. And I love it when you can get outside the church and you just go somewhere different and just be a part of each other's lives. Yep. Uh, another thing you can do is encourage and empower your leaders in this mm. time as they're trying to grow in their walk, right? Especially if, if you got uh, some younger uh, leaders on your team, on your leadership team, give them an opportunity to to, to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, give them an opportunity to have some responsibility uh, as as spiritual leaders. Have have grace, of course, and encouragement mm-hmm. uh, when they don't do it perfect, like you, Pastor. Mm-hmm. And I think what's important here too, I think that, well, this goes with any relationship, but is being open and honest with that person and allowing them to be open and honest with you. So if you are inviting them to lovingly critique you or say, hey, how can I do better? Then you're going to open the door for that to happen in an opposite way for you to give them feedback. So having that relationship where people are open they're able to talk. I think I, I just think that's so powerful and that's that's so important. And like you said, Justin, uh, giving them opportunities to lead. If if you're having someone preach for you, it's it might be harder the first week than if you just did it yourself because you're providing feedback. Yeah. And I, we actually got a comment. We talked about preaching teams a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and somebody said, "Hey, we actually broke one Sunday service." into multiple people doing five mini messages. Mm -hmm. And we had them, they left a comment on our YouTube uh, page, and we have them uh, giving us the script beforehand and us working with them to develop that. And I thought that was really good. It probably takes more time than just preach yourself, but giving people that opportunity to lead really helps in the discipleship process. And I think feedback is important, right? I love the scripture, the passage in Proverbs that says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Hmm. And I've always thought about that as like feedback from a friend. Criticism mm-hmm. from a friend can be trusted. Wo- wounds sounds much deeper. Uh, but I think sometimes 
um, you know, if you're in a, you know, discipling someone, sometimes there are hard conversations. And mm. I think it's important that both parties know that, hey, like there's trust here because mm. uh, we're working towards the same goal to be more like Jesus, right? And less like our, our fleshly selves. So Yeah, um, yeah. And, and being open to like know the difference between yeah. uh, being stabbed and a scalpel, right? Yeah. And, and how one brings about healing even though it hurts and the other brings about uh, death and destruction. Yep. And so, yeah, having that is, that's, that's a really good point, Justin. Um, last thing on our list is to consider your church's discipleship strategy for new members and believers. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is really great. You know, so Easter is like a big day, right? You have lots of people come to Easter. Uh, you give uh, a powerful message, pastor. We know it was your best message yet. And what happens next? You know, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm just no, a little... no, I know. I, 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 I'm. I pray it would be the best message. <laughs> I'm a little, guys, you don't know this, but under the table, so to speak, literally and metaphorically, I've had a foot injury, so I'm a little high on some, some pain meds today. <laughs> I'm just a little bit more jovial, but, but, even though we're talking about a serious topic. right? Yeah, yeah, but let's just say, yeah, it is the best message, Easter Sunday. Yeah, Pastor's best. like, man... This is awesome. But what happens next? Like, how do they, how do yeah. they, uh, you know, they, they're saying, you know what? I, I believe in Jesus. I believe this is what I need in my life. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, why, what took me so long. Mm -hmm. And then where do they go from here? Like, like yeah. what's next? Yeah. I think it's important that you actually help people take steps, uh, you know, forward steps in their relationship with, with God mm -hmm. uh, over the next coming uh, months, weeks, even days. And I think it's important to, to begin right away. You don't want it. To, yeah. You don't want it to be like they they have some sort of moment or 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 uh, revelation or observation about their life and say, you know what, I need to change, and then not do anything with it because they're no one's really guiding them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And w so far we've talked about developing leaders. So it's as you as a pastor, how do you disciple certain leaders? Mm -hmm. What about when there's a lot of people? Uh, and I, I think you think through big to small. So part of discipleship is, is like the Sunday morning experience, whether it's being in service and serving. Um, how can you get smaller through connect groups and maybe a Sunday school class and a leadership class how can you do that? Maybe you create an institute at your church and you have, you know, six weeks of classes or whatever. Sunday so, school. Yes, yeah, Sunday school. You, you find a bring way. Bring it back. <laughs> bring, I, yeah, no, we, we want to do that at our church is bring back Sunday school. Find that big and then work to smaller. So, so you say, okay, this is what we want you to do. We want you to go to this class here or this small group, and then we're going to pair you with someone who can hopefully meet with you once every couple of weeks or once a week. And if you create that system pastors and just say, hey, here are the people that want to disciple others that I've discipled, that I trust. And whenever a new person comes in, we're gonna start pairing people off. Just creating that system. I'm a big systems guy too. Creating that system so that it's right there in front of you and you know exactly what to tell somebody. So saying, oh yeah, well, let me think through it. You're like, hey, yeah, actually we want you to go here and I want to introduce you to this person, and we'll go from there. I think I think I think they can be powerful. Uh, one of the things that we love to hear from you is if you have a discipleship pipeline mm -hmm. at your church or a discipleship system, whatever you call it at your church. But there's some intentional mm -hmm. uh, measures happening. There 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 is a structure. There's a process in place 
that that your church or you yourself have been implementing where you've been able to work and help grow people alongside them in their faith that we love to hear about what you're doing that'd be very encouraging to people that either see that see what you're doing in the comments you can join our facebook group the pastor circle Mm -hmm. if you're a pastor and uh post about it there we'd love to hear about what god is doing at your church and how you're able to to grow people and disciple people i think anything you can do right we we learn from each other i learn from you you learn from me sometimes, uh, but but we learn from each other, right? Uh, because we're all moving yeah. towards the same goal, and that's uh, pointing people to the gospel and then helping them, you know, grow in their relationship with the Lord. So, uh, love to hear from you. Comment on the if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. Yeah. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes or wherever you listen, uh, make sure you reach out. Join our Facebook group, the Pastor Circle. You can do a Facebook search, and uh, you do have to apply. It's mm-hmm. a simple process. Yeah, simple process. Just to make sure you are a pastor yeah. and you're not someone in the congregation lurking on your pastor. Oh, man. Got to be careful with that. Yeah, Sister Papoofnik, <laughs> we see you. <laughs> make sure to do that. Next episode, we're going to be talking about sermon-based small groups. So yeah. small groups that expand on your weekly sermon. It's a different way of doing it, but I think it's going to be really cool to talk through that. We'll see you next time on Hello Church.